Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of Talk in Tunes. Today, I have with me Brenda Kay. Hi, Brenda. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing fabulous. Thank you for asking, and thank you so much for joining me. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, me too. Thank you for having me on. Yes, and thank you for doing the takeover today. You shared some wonderful pictures with us of thank you. what a day in your life is like from writing just to hanging out at the house with the puppies. Um, your puppies are gorgeous, by the way. Oh. <laughs> thank you. I, I am such an animal lover. Um, oh, me too. I would have a farm of multiple various animals if I could afford to. Um, <laughs> but I have since gotten, I don't have any animals at the moment. So now I just enjoy everybody else's and let them take care of them. And, you know, it's kind of like grandbabies. When you get to my age and you have grandbabies, your kids are grown. It's like, psh, I'm done with the hard part. Yeah. I just get to enjoy them now and send them home. That's right. And I mean, with pets, it is, a, it is always a thing when you want to travel, you've got to find somebody to watch them and yeah. Yeah. So it's nice when you don't have that. <laughs> exactly. Because me and my husband were actually the other day, um, we were somewhere and somebody had, oh, we were at the Harley shop and somebody actually had a baby boxer and boxers are our, that's our favorite dog. And I saw this precious little puppy boxer and I was like, I want one again. <laughs> and he was like, I do too. And we were like, we were looking and then we were like, what are we doing? No, like our kids are grown. They're gone. We like just hopping on the bike and going and not worrying about having to take care of anybody or anything. Like, no, like, yeah, exactly. Like, never mind. That was a nice thought for a little while now. No, never mind. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, I had that conversation with my son. He's been wanting, I think it's an English bulldog, and I saw a video of one, and I sent it to him, and he said, oh, it's so cute, and I want one so bad, and I don't need it even more. And I was like, oh, that is a great song idea. Things I want so much, but I don't need even more. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like, there could be a lot of things in that. <laughs> yes, yes. That could definitely be taken in a variety of ways for a variety of things. Isn't that yeah. interesting how... Like, do you warn people, like, be careful what you say about me, because that can turn into a song. It could turn into a song. It's always possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, somebody just says something, and it sparks an idea, whether it's a song title or, like, ooh, or just a line in the song. Yeah, or, yeah yep. something. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I have noticed that now, like, I have to be careful. No, what, who am I kidding? I'm never careful about what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but I should be careful about things I say around musicians because I could very likely end up the subject <laughs> of somebody's song. You might. <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> and that might not be a bad thing, though. <laughs> you never know. Sometimes. <laughs> um, Mike wants to know, is Brenda in Nashville? I am not too far from Nashville. I'm in Chattanooga. Excuse me. Oh, Chattanooga. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's not too far at all. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't think I missed any questions so far. Everybody's just saying hello and welcome. So hello and welcome everyone. Yeah. Um, before we dive into all things Brenda K Music and start talking about your career and all that good stuff, 
we'll let you go ahead and kick things off with a song if you want to. Sure. If you want to tell us about this song and how it came to life. Yeah, so um, this is a song that I released as a single early last year. Um, it's actually a song that I wrote when I, or I started writing it anyway, when I was in Nashville. I had been, um, I think it was right after COVID broke and, and uh, my husband and I went over there and we went to the listening room one night, which is a great place to go hear some really amazing songwriters. And it's, it's always good when you go to things like that because it really gets your creative juices flowing. And we got back to the hotel that night, went to bed and I woke up about, I don't know, two or three o'clock in the morning and I was just laying there and I'm like, I mean, he's technically here next to me, but he's asleep. So I'm kind of laying here alone. And I'm sitting there and going, thinking, I'm alone with you. And I was like, oh, and then I, I just had this idea for a song. And the song is kind of about a relationship that I feel like most of us have probably been in at some point in our lives. It's about being in a one-sided relationship where you are more into the other person than they are into you. Mm. And so I kind of like the play on words that I did in this song. And like I said, it all started in Nashville. So <laughs> hopefully that's good luck. All right, so. Oh, get my pick here. Sometimes the picks want to just slide right out of your fingers. Riding in your truck, going anywhere. Your smile, your laugh, the way you touch my Oh, oh, oh. 
relationship at one point or another even if it's with our loved one now you feel alone sometimes like you were saying sometimes. that's true sleep and you're wide awake yeah I totally <clears throat> get that um I love that um and that's probably I mean that song did did is doing quite well for you yes probably a lot to do with that relatability factor I hope so yeah I, I think the more I feel like the more you can write music that shows a personal personal vulnerable side of yourself that someone else can relate to as well. True. They're like, oh, I'm not alone in this feeling. I'm not alone in this thought. Right. And I think that really helps to resonate with people. Um, great lyrics to that song. Absolutely. Love that. Um, so what did your husband think when he heard that song and your inspiration came from <laughs> him sleeping <laughs> wide awake? <laughs> you know, it's not the first time that he's been asleep and I'm awake writing a song, so probably didn't really face him too yeah. much. Yeah. It's, it seems like that's when a lot of song ideas come, is in the middle of the night, in the of the night or right. in the shower, which is like the other thing. It's like, I don't have my paper, I'm in the shower, I can't write it down. Right. Yeah. The middle of the night, in the shower, driving down the road. Driving down the road. Always when you can't really get to paper or it's just an inconvenient time, that's when the good ideas come up. And yeah, I always keep my phone next to the bed so I can like hurry up and just write something down. And then I try to go back to sleep and then it's like, no, maybe not. <laughs> Which now, you know, because of modern technology, it's easy to do that now. But do you ever think about artists back prior to cell phone days? And yeah, like, no. Sure. What did they do when they're driving down the road and how did, did they pull off the road? Right. They, and write you know, down. Keep repeating that phrase to themselves until they could get somewhere to write it down. Like, I wonder what, you know, the Johnny Cashes and George Straits and George Jones. Right. And, and in the middle of the, I mean, I mean, even if you keep paper and pen next to the bed, you'd have to at least turn on a light or have a flashlight. And then if you've got somebody there and you're turning on a light, you're going to wake them up. At least with the phone, you can kind of like, hide it under the covers, you can kind of keep it like, you know, keep it from disturbing the other person. I don't know. Right. Or maybe they just got up and left the room <laughs> and let, let somebody sleep and go write their song. I don't know. I know. It would be, be really cool to talk to some of the older artists and get their take on that and, and what True. they did. I, you know, we live in this modern age of technology where everything is literally at our fingertips and music is so different the way it is approached, the way it's written, the way it's recorded, listened to, everything is so different, um, you know, versus just in the eighties and even in the nineties. Um, yeah. and I am definitely old enough to remember those decades. So yeah, me too. Um, and I mean, especially in the recording studio, I can't imagine, like, because now it's so easy. If there's a little mistake, blip, you just go back and record it over. It didn't used to be that easy. And it's it's just like, wow, 
Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine what it would have been like recording a song back then. Yeah. And it's, you know, even though it's still, I don't know. I wonder, I often wonder, is it tougher to get into the music industry nowadays with all the modern technologies or does that make it harder because there's so many yeah. more people trying to do it? That's true. I mean, and you're right. It's kind of like the double-edged sword in one way. Yeah. You've got more people that you have access to, but you also have a lot more competition. Well, probably not that there's more, but there is more people online than used to. You would only hear the people that kind of made it out there. There's the people right. you on radio, and that was your main source of of music, or you know, maybe TV or something like that. But you you certainly couldn't pick up your cell phone and right. <laughs> look up just anybody on the internet. And, yeah, and well, like you, I mean, you're in Chattanooga, you're not in Nashville, whereas, you know, several decades ago, you would have to be in Nashville. Right, in, right. In some major music city um, right. to get your music out there, to, to try to get radio play, to try to get somebody to hear it. And That's now true. you can literally be anywhere in the world and get your music to people in Nashville. You don't have to be there. Um, right. I feel like is is a good thing. I think there would be a lot of fabulous artists that we would have never heard of had it not been for those conveniences. True. And I mean, they're still they're still putting in the hard work, just like everybody else is. It's a different day and time where you're not having to literally pound the pavement to get your music heard. Right. Um, so it is quite different. What made you want to go into music? Have you always been in music or playing instruments? What made you want to go this direction? So, yeah, I I took piano lessons when I was really young and then not for very long. And then in high school, I played the flute and I was in marching band and, and um, concert band and stuff like that. Um, and then... You know, I kind of took a break from it because I, I pursued a career as a CPA, which, you know, was nice. It helped pay the bills, but I didn't really love that. I've always loved to write. And I don't know, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, I, I just wanted to get back into writing. And I was listening to the radio one day and I was like, oh, you know, I, I just love music so much. I always have. And it had never occurred to me to put the two together. But somehow in that moment, it was just like, well, songs are stories. Yeah. And then, but then I was like, I kind of laughed at myself at the time. I was like, yeah, but you don't know anything about composing. I mean, writing lyrics is one thing, but actually yeah. making songs a completely different thing. And I kind of dismissed it. But over the next couple of weeks, it just kept coming back and coming back. It was like, it just wouldn't leave me alone. And one day I woke up, it's the first time I remember actually thinking about melody in my head for something that was coming, like lyrics and melody that were coming to me. And I was like, I guess somebody really wants me to write songs. <laughs> so I um, got a guitar, I started taking guitar lesson and learning how to compose and started writing songs. And then that just kind of developed into pursuing my career as an artist. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so how long did you take guitar lessons? Did you take lessons from somebody and like kind of self-teach as you were going or were you? Yeah, I've had to do a lot of that because, um, the guitar lessons, and I say guitar lessons loosely, and I mean, I, my my guitar teacher is phenomenal, and he's a phenomenal guitar player and plays just about anything you want him to play. But, um, like, I didn't, I, I wouldn't, I would say I'm not a traditional guitar student. I didn't go in and say, okay, teach me how to play this song by Miranda Lambert or Sarah Evans. 
I went in and I was like, I'm writing this song. I have an idea for a melody that I can sing. I've got lyrics. Help me figure out how that comes out on a guitar, you know? And that is really hard when you've never played the guitar. I knew, I, like I said, I'd had music. Yeah. So I understood the basics of music, but how to pick up an instrument then and turn that into a song. So we would sit down and he would originally show me like, here's the chords I'm, I'm hearing for what you're singing. And that's how, how it kind of started. And I started learning roughly how to play what what he was showing me how to do with my own songs. And wow. eventually started coming up with my own arrangements and, and learning. And now I have learned some cover songs, but even still, I don't have a lot of cover songs. I still work a lot around just playing my own music. So that it's, is, been, it's been a journey. <laughs> journey. I've never heard anyone have that approach to learning the guitar before, but that is... I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's it's really challenging to try to yeah. learn to play something when you're trying to actually do something completely different. Yeah, that is wow. That is, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's it's one thing to like you were already a career CPA and you're like, oh no, I want to change yeah. direction and talk about a huge change of direction. It's totally um, different. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's not, my sister is an accountant, so I'm not, you know, saying anything negative about CPAs at all, but th that's not creative at all. No, it's, it's, it's not it's creative. hard fact numbers and that's it. So there's no creativity. There's no freedom to be create creative with that. No. Is that part of what do you think kept drawing you to songwriting this creative part of you was just like it could have been. get out yeah it could have been I've always liked to write so when I was um in I guess middle school I'd, I'd run a uh, won a writing contest and then in college I uh, got some scholarship money for something that I wrote so I've always liked to write yeah and I think yeah just as a CPA you don't you don't get to use any of that creativity and um like I said, I always kind of knew that, that I wanted to do that. I guess I thought it would be just more of something I'd do on the side. And then um, and then when the opportunity came, I was like, well, no, I guess this is what I'm going to do now. <laughs> How scary was it to make that change? I really mean, scary. Yeah. I've um, been a CPA for like 10 years. Um, let's see. Yeah, probably. Well, a CPA for part of that. I left public accounting accounting before we moved to Tennessee, and I was just I was working for a company. I was a controller for um, a construction company, and then my husband and I owned a daycare center, so I I did accounting for that. I also did um, some of the program work for for the daycare center before we moved, and then after we moved to Tennessee, um, I stayed at home with my kids for a while, so it gave me a chance to kind of think about what I wanted to do, and that's when that's when the songwriting sort of started to, to happen. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's such a drastic change. I always love hearing stories about what people do outside of music. If they have, you know, a regular nine to five while they're trying to kick the music career. Right. Um, now was it, so songwriting is what drew you into music. Have you always had a love for, um, wanting to learn how to play instruments or was that just solely for songwriting and when did the singing was the singing always there as well yeah no um 
the I, I always liked to play. So I loved to play piano when I was younger, although I think I actually enjoyed the flute more at the time, maybe because we played more popular music in band than what I was like learning on piano when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and then when my kids were little and we, uh, we got a piano and they were taking piano lessons. So I kind of started that up again, but you know how it is. You find like you don't have any time to do any of that stuff. And I, I felt like it, it just, I really didn't have time, but it kind of was something I always wanted to get back to. And so, yeah, then when the songwriting came into it and I, I got picked up the guitar and I was like, but the funny thing is I've never played the guitar and I can play the piano if you stick a piano book in front of me, but I hadn't actually composed on piano until um, the end of last year, my son moved out to California and I started to write a song and I thought, I'm going to write it on the piano. <laughs> I just sat down and started playing it. And I was oh. like, this is kind of cool. Um, which I, which was nice because he's not a country music fan. So I thought if I do it on piano, maybe he won't feel like it's as country, even though that's still my thing. And you do have yeah. country music, but you think of more guitar driven stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I thought he might approve of it more if I, if I played it on the piano. <laughs> I love that. But the, but the singing, no. Um, I actually started taking, um, working with a vocal coach probably about four years ago. And, and that too has been the same with my guitar. Like I didn't go in and say, let's go through these cover songs. It was, let's teach me how to sing what I'm writing better. And I think it's also helped me as a writer too, because I think having more confidence in your vocals or feeling like you know where to go with something kind of does help with, with writing melody. And right. so I definitely don't regret any of that. That's been great. Yeah. I, there are, I love when people talk about vocal coaches and why they go to see vocal coaches. Um, I had for, and I'm probably like so many other people at first, I thought, well, you go to a vocal coach if you don't know how to sing and hope to learn to sing. And there is, so so much more to it than that yeah, yeah. And, you know i i don't think a vocal coach could have helped me i'm there no like i can't carry a tune in a bucket so you'd be, you'd be surprised that's what i thought and i actually had a friend and and a very good friend and and well-meaning didn't mean this in a bad way so just don't waste a lot of money on vocal lessons and i was like i don't think people know how much a vocal coach can do because when i walked in there right. for the first session she said she said, you're singing everything, you're pitch perfect, at least in that song. I can't say I'm always pitch perfect, but in what I was singing in that moment, she said, you're pitch perfect, but you have what I like to call a lullaby voice. And I was like, okay. She said, you're singing everything in your head voice. You need to sing in your chest voice. And I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So when I would go, especially into high notes, I'd want to go up into my head voice and it would sound very thin. And, and, and you know, it, it didn't take long once she got me in the habit of doing that. And, and people were like, wow, I can tell such a big difference in your singing now. And I was like, it, you know, yeah. it's, it's just gotten better and better as I've learned to use that, you know, and then hopefully you start learning techniques that even if you know, maybe you're not doing as well and they can find something that can help you do it better. So, right. I think uh, it's like with taking any kind of lessons for an instrument, your, your voice is an instrument. So absolutely. You know, absolutely. There's always things you can learn. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, Griffin, noted earlier that he loved your guitar that was hanging on the wall and now he wants to know if you have a favorite guitar brand you know um i would have to say at least for acoustic guitars i love my taylor i've had a taylor ever since i started um taking lessons i've had three different taylors so yeah i, I do like my taylors <laughs> yeah i'm t i love the guitar i have um 
course, you know, I was that normal 80s teenager that had to have an electric guitar. Absolutely had to. And one Christmas, I got one. I took lessons long enough to learn how to play Stairway to Heaven. Oh, there you go. I was bored with it. And I was <laughs> like, you know, then it just sat there and gathered dust until my mom sold it. Um, and I regret that. Like, I have regretted that ever since. I wish my mom would have been like, I bought this for you because you wanted it. I, you are going to stick with lessons. I wish she'd have made me stick with them. But I wonder if I've always wondered why that one, why they don't. And two, if they did, what a difference it would make if schools had guitars in the, whether the orchestra band or the band band, um, I mean, technically it's a stringed instrument, but I could see where it would go better with the back, you know, the drums right. and all the other. But why was guitar never offered in school? I mean, yeah. you would think the two main instruments that people, you know, besides the drums, because I tried that route and my parents were like, nope, not happening. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're noisy enough without bringing drums in here. Nope, not <laughs> Um, but I mean, you know, they don't teach piano or the guitar yeah. in school. Yeah. And no. I've always wondered, like, why are people forced to do private lessons? And that's outside of school. That's probably why kids don't stick to it. It is. You've got enough with schoolwork and, yeah. and other curricular activities that you might have. And then you've got to add one more thing. Exactly. So, and yeah. if I had guitar lessons to look forward to at school, I probably would have went more. Yeah. I mean you know that's just me that's i mean that would have been like a fun thing to look forward to at school instead of all the work 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 right and in my teenage brain that's all i saw but yeah like i said we had band but it, there was no guitar i mean you know you have yeah. flute clarinet saxophone and drums and all those things but it's more orchestra type instruments and the songs you play well, I won't say you play, I mean, we didn't, we didn't play a lot of classical. We definitely played stuff that was popular. Yeah. So why couldn't you have, you know, guitar as part of it or, you know, piano or something like that? Yeah. Absolutely. I, yes, Griffin, we know you stuck to drums and that was right up your alley. See, my <laughs> I might would have been good, uh, but we'll never know now. <laughs> well, you're never too, it's like, never too late to start. You can <laughs> I say that, and then I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that, like, I don't, I know how I am, and I don't know that I would stick with it. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Somebody told me just, like, go buy just a cheap guitar until you see if you're going to stick with it, and that's then true. you can worry about getting you a decent one. Yeah, that's I true. I may. I, I just, I don't know. I have so many things that I want to do that, like, I have too many things I want to do. So which one do I do? Right. What do you first? So what what kind of guitar did you have when you were a teenager? Um, it was a Gibson. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was a very, very nice guitar. Because I was very particular about what I wanted. And because, you know, I was full on into classic rock at that time. And, you know, I was, I was going to be, you know, I was going to be the next Joan Jett. Yeah, there you go. Whoever, you know. Yeah. yeah. I got bored with it too quick. I I was I was that teenager. Like unless you did something to maintain my attention, I I was 
bouncing off somewhere else after a little while. But I don't know. I have always loved to write to write poetry. And that's very similar to songwriting. Yeah. So I feel like I could do that. I definitely feel like learning how to play the guitar or the piano would be very helpful in getting that done. I know there's plenty of people that write music, even sing, that don't <laughs> play any instruments. Oh, definitely. Uh, but I could definitely see where it would be more helpful if you knew how to do it yourself versus having to be dependent on right. someone for that, to have to go into the studio or call over a guitar player or, or whatever. So kudos to you for like just <laughs> going full force and learning, you know, vocal lessons, guitar lessons, all of that. And I love the way you did it. Like, hey, I have this song in my head. I need to know how to get it out. That's it. <laughs> and you did it. I, I think that was awesome. Um, is there like, I know you said you often wake up at like two or three o'clock in the morning with a song in your head, something. Is there a place that you feel more inspired that songs just seem to flow out of you, whether it be at home, I don't know, when you're at the beach, in the mountains, somewhere that just makes your creativity flow more? That's a good question. Um, the shower usually seems to be the place, but um, but if I'm but I like being at the beach, and so yeah, that probably is too. Just we're sitting sitting somewhere quiet. That's that's pretty. Like if you have a beach view, or you know, yeah, um, even a mountain view is very pretty. If you've got water, especially if you if you've got water nearby, anything like that, where you're just sitting somewhere quiet. Yeah, that's always very helpful. Yeah, for sure. I would think a very serene beautiful background yeah. just help that flow so much easier have you ever been in a writer's block where you just could not get your writer's brain going and if so how did you get out of that yeah i definitely have been in writer's block especially lately and i don't know if it's because of being you know so cooped up with covid lately but um i think for me the way to get out of it i actually pulled a song out um i don't know two or three weeks ago that was a song i wrote about 10 years ago and hadn't really done anything with it and i kind of always felt like it had potential and i pulled it out one day and i rewrote it so that i think that kind of helped to get my creativity flowing again yeah Sometimes if I get stuck, I'll pull out, you know, just, um, I'll just sort of start brainstorming some ideas and then, you know, sometimes even just getting out wiki rhymer or, you know, going online and Googling stuff about it will get some ideas flowing. And, you know, once you sort of start writing things down that sometimes will help unblock. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, are you more of an independent writer or co-writer? Do you like having co-writers with you or are you more I flow better by myself type of person? I like both. Um, I tend to write more by myself because I'm I'm here at home and being in Chattanooga and not in Nashville. I mean, we certainly have, you can go online now and write with people and that makes it a lot easier. But I also really like writing in person if I'm going to write with somebody. So yeah. yeah, 
Um, and there are some very, very good writers in Chattanooga, but it, they don't, most of them don't have that same mentality that you see in Nashville, you know, about co-writing. So I'm kind of, as a songwriter, I'm really tuned into that and I co-write when I can. But if I have an idea and I feel like writing it, I'll just sit down and write it. It doesn't bother me to write alone, but, yeah. but I, I, I'm sorry, what? I think it's always more fun when you can write with someone else and and always feel like you know you get this nice blend of ideas that you wouldn't have otherwise so that's kind of cool yeah and have someone to bounce ideas off yeah because you might think something's really really good yeah maybe it's not quite as good as you thought <laughs> yeah. and usually if i write something i think it's really good and i put it away and i look at it the next day I'm like what was i thinking why did i think that was good yesterday <laughs> Now, are you an over-analyzer when you write? Do you, like, go back numerous times looking at it before you'll be like, okay, this is good, or is it, like, I write it, I check it, I'm done? No, yeah, no, I, I write it, and I'll probably sing it 50 times, and I'm like, that line just keeps bugging me every time I sing it. I need to change it, and I'll sing it a little bit more. And then I'll usually take it, and I'll play it for my, my guitar teacher. I'll play it for my vocal coach, who's also, they're both very good writers. And, and she's especially tuned into lyrics, my vocal coach. And so she'll say, that line? And I'm like, yeah, I know that line's been bugging me. I need to rewrite that line. And that's usually what will prompt it. Usually up until that point, I'm like, I keep thinking I should rewrite it. But, <laughs> but until somebody actually says something, I don't always go can do it but yeah sometimes I do sometimes something I just either I don't like it I don't like what I'm saying or it doesn't flow well when you sing it like it just it just feels like it doesn't fit in the yeah. song somehow yeah totally get that totally. I have written things right up until the day I'm in the studio recording vocals on it and I'm like I still hate this line and I'll sit there and change it <laughs> in the vocal session <laughs> oh lord have you ever recorded something and then at that point was like Mm, okay, that just doesn't sound right. It needs changed. You mean after it was done? Well, maybe not completely done, but like, like, you oh, said, yeah. while you're in the studio and maybe yeah. first take on it, it's like, mm, no. Yeah, I have. I, I, I've thought, I thought I liked something up until that point and gotten there and been like, ah, I don't think I like that as much as I thought I did when I was singing it before. <laughs> yeah, I would probably drive somebody crazy because I think I feel like that would be me. I would be like, no, that's not right. I got to change this. I'd be yeah. changing way too much. Um, who are some of your musical inspirations, either that inspired you to get into music or you still look up to them musically now or both? Um, I would say like Sarah Evans has always been a, a favorite of mine. I oh, yeah. Um, Terry Clark's another one. She just has such great songs out there. And Kenny Chesney, uh, you know, and, and I tend to like some of the beachy stuff, especially so because I'm from the Eastern Shore of Maryland and some of my songs okay. have some beach references. So yeah, I, I like I like Kenny Chesney stuff. But there's a lot of, of amazing artists and, and artists that weren't maybe there to inspire me then, but I would say that definitely now when I hear some of their songs, like Thomas Rhett has some killer songs, yeah. writing in his songs. When, when um, Marry Me, when that came out, I was sitting there listening, I'm like, okay, so it's a song about getting, and even when he starts singing the song, the lyrics, it sounds like they're getting married, and I'm like, yep, and then you get down to the hook, and, and he says, she don't want to marry me, and I'm like, whoa, I didn't see that coming, <laughs> you know, and to yeah. me, 
really great writing when you can hear that hook and just be totally surprised. Oh, yes. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. I love when I'm either surprised by lyrics or when writers do this play on words. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. Um, an artist that I had on the show one time made a comment. It has stuck with me. I've said it numerous times. Um, and this person had said, the music is what brings you in, but the lyrics is what keeps you there. That's true. And I was like, wow. Like that is, that is a massive statement. Cause it, I mean, it is mm -hmm. so true. Like there can be, a good beat going on and you love the music it's yeah dance to whether it's fast or slow or whatever and it can be all great but if the lyrics suck then i'm like mm, eh, i don't want to yeah. listen to it yeah but the great song, girl crush i mean yeah. there oh. it doesn't it's not a fast song you don't dance to it but oh my gosh like how relatable is that and it's so clever yes it's like that is such a great song and that, that is the huge, like, play on words that I'm talking about. Yeah. So amazing. And, I mean, that song, oh, my God, like, the negative hype that came out. Uh, yeah. Song, I was like, people, have you, like, listened to the That's song? That's what I said. <laughs> like, you did not listen to the lyrics. Right. It is not about what you think it is. And so right. what it was, but it's not. But yeah, oh my God, I, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. One of yeah. my very favorites. So, okay, speaking of like favorite songs like that, besides that one, since we just mentioned that one, is there a song out there, or I know there is. So what's a song out there that you hear and you're like, oh man, I wish I would have wrote that one. The House That Built Me. <laughs> that Yes, that, that is the, me. I love that song and it was out um it was probably around the time that I started writing um my husband and I were kind of going through a rough patch in our marriage at that point and even before I'd heard that song there were so many times I thought if I could just drive back to the house where I grew up and then that song came out and I was like oh my gosh and yeah and then right after that um, was right around, like I said, when I started writing. And when I first got into songwriting, I went to Nashville for an NSAI song symposium. And it was like in the September, I don't know, it's probably been 10 or 11 years ago now. But um, the first night of the song symposium, I went to the Bluebird Cafe. It's the first time I'd ever been there. And of course they have four, because it was during the song symposium, they bring in all the like really good not that there aren't a lot of other really good, but I mean, they bring in like the people that have like the hits out, you know, Oh yeah, long as your arm. And right. so uh, of course, the very first round, Tom Douglas is sitting there in the round and he's one of the writers of the house that built me. And I was, I was literally sitting right behind him. I could have like touched him on the shoulder. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's my song. I love that song. Oh, wow. I love that song. It's fun fact. Um, I'm not, a huge Miranda Lambert fan but when she came out with that song I was floored I was because yeah. I mean like you it wasn't marital troubles it was just for me 
that's like my childhood home is the only home that I was ever happy in as a child or a teenager. And so I often, you know, memories take me back there all the time. Right. Yeah. And that song came out. I was just like, I was in one of those moods where I was constantly thinking about home, which yeah. is in Virginia, Northern Virginia. Um, I was constantly thinking about it. And I mean, I could just like picture my house perfectly. Yeah. And like, I seriously could have wrote this song. Yeah. And I mean, we have a sidewalk with the handprints, you know, that it talks about. And I'm like, my favorite yeah. dog, literally, I was like, I, I mean, really like perfect. Word for word, everything. Word, yeah. 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 And what it was, I mean, it's amazing because I can't really think of another song like that one mm -mm. lyrically out there at all. Mm -hmm. And for her to have come up with I don't mean this negatively at all, but for her to come up with, or her and the co-writers, to come up with such a simple song that is yet so powerful and meaningful to so many people. Because <clears throat> I feel like everybody can relate to this song in one way or the other. Oh, definitely. And it was such, I mean, and, you know, being at the Bluebird, they, of course, told they had written that song, I want to say, like, five years before she wound up cutting it. And... They actually had pitched it to Blake Shelton. He had it on a CD with like, you know, nine other songs and he's riding in his truck. And I, I think it was before he and Miranda even got married. So she's, you know, they're dating, but so they're riding his truck going somewhere and he's listening to these songs that are being pitched to him. And that song came on and I guess she must have reacted. And he looked over and he said, what? She said, that's, that's my song. Like, so she wanted to cut the song. And I was like, imagine that, like if she hadn't been in the yeah. truck in that day would she have even heard the song or ever cut the song who knows yeah it's an amazing thing when you think about how songs get, wind up getting cut by the artists they get cut by exactly yeah because i don't i don't think i mean i could be wrong but i don't think that song would have the same meaning to you or i if it had been cut by a male artist true it's possible it wouldn't have the same impact i don't think I mean, there are plenty of songs done by male artists that I can relate to and that I, that I like. Um, but it's just something about when a woman, another female writes a song that we mm -hmm. relate to. It's like, it's true. that that could be my song. That's true. Yeah. Mm, that is, that is definitely a good one. Yeah. Okay. So song you wish you, wish you had written. What about now? I know you said you don't do a lot of cover songs because of your um, guitar abilities as of this moment. Um, but what is your favorite song to cover? Um, I would have to say Born to Fly by Sarah Evans. Although I do love The House That Built Me too, so that'd be a toss up. But yeah, but, yeah, but I like, I love Born to Fly by Sarah Evans. Yeah. That is a, that is such a good one. And she is just, Oh, she is another one. She is an amazing artist. Really amazing. Absolutely love her to death. Her and Martina McBride. Yeah, is another one. Yeah. 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 But I don't listen to stuff she did. And especially now that I'm, I've been working with a vocal coach, I hear things and I think, wow, I didn't realize how hard that was to sing now <laughs> that I'm trying to do it. I'm like, oh, wow. She's really amazing that she can do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's like, her 
range is like right up there with Whitney Houston. I'm like, how? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Like how? I just, I'm just so perfect. And, yeah. Just so perfect in, in the way that she delivers things. Oh yeah. 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 Um, do you have a dream co-write? If you could co-write with anyone, who would it be? You know, I would probably say Tom Douglas, just because of the house that built me is such an amazing song. But I also saw a speech that he did for the, um, I think it was the Songwriters Hall of Fame induction when he was inducted. And his speech just blew me away. And I was like, it's just, you know, I didn't really know him. And not that I do, but but for the few minutes that I got to watch him deliver that speech. And it was just like, I'm just blown away. It just seems like such a nice person and he's written so many great songs it'd just be i would just love to learn you know be able to learn something from what he does yeah can you imagine the level of learning that you would get just sitting down right yeah just to be able to sit and write yeah yeah like what is his process compared to what i do and yeah i would love to see how that works yeah or even if you weren't able to be a part of the right just to be a fly on the wall, on the wall. yeah, yeah. Too. Like, yeah that greatness in action would be that that would be good enough for me yeah I'd be, I would be like a sponge and soaking up everything yeah um, oh yeah okay speaking of dream duets partnerships um a female artist and a male artist who would dream duets be with? Ooh, let's see. Hmm. Dream duet with, gosh, there's so many. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to say for female, maybe Reba McIntyre, just because she probably one of the first female artists that I remember when I started listening to country music. So I grew up not really listening to country. I listened to more of what was pop and, you know, probably a little bit of classic rock and stuff like that back then. But mm -hmm. then really started listening to country music was right around the time that Reba McIntyre started getting into country music. And I mean, she's just, she's another one that's just so amazing. Like every phenomenal does. Oh and yeah. It just seems like she would be so much fun anyway. Oh yes. This yeah. with her um and a male artist gosh there's still a lot of male artists i'd love to work with too um you know i'm gonna go with garth brooks though because he's another one that's just so amazing at what he does but also i think he would be a lot of fun i mean there are, are a yeah. lot of artists that i think are great but his personality just just when you watch him perform and I think that's something I would love to learn more about is how he does what he does. Not just, not just the singing and the delivery of the song, but the whole performance, the way that the he- interaction does. with the audience. Yeah. 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 I mean, nobody that I know performs like Garth. Yeah. Now, have you seen him in concert before? Not live, but I've seen like recorded versions, you know, yeah. like when he was doing his show in Vegas and he was on stage. And and he was just like, you know, he's walking around with his guitar playing stuff. I'm like, I can hardly play my guitar. And if I start walking <laughs> and doing the things he's doing, I'm like, how's he do that? 
But he was just, right. he was just like, you felt like you were standing right there in a room and he was talking to you and only you and not this audience yeah. of however many thousand people were sitting there. I'm like, right. it's incredible the way he commands the room like that. Well, hence why he got Entertainer of the Year for how many years straight? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Um, I am a concert junkie. I love, love, love going to concerts. My husband does not understand that. He's like, <laughs> I, I don't get that. And he's one of those people that sits there like this. <laughs> and I'm like all over the place, you know. But I've not seen Garth in <sighs> And well, I have some time. <laughs> I would love to see him in yeah. concert. Definitely one that I haven't seen that I would love to see. Yeah, me uh, too. Who is your favorite concert that you've ever been to? Country or otherwise. Doesn't necessarily have to or let's see. Mm -hmm. Do who is your favorite country? And if it's and then if you have an outside of country that you've been to. Hmm. Okay, so I've seen Kenny Chesney. He's another one that puts on a really good performance. Like, he doesn't just stand in one place. He's yeah. all over the stage. And that was a really good show, I think. Um, and then outside of country, gosh. That might be too long ago for me to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been to, I haven't been to a lot of concerts lately. I'm trying to think. Oh, well, yeah, COVID, nobody has in two or three years, but... Yeah, and even before that, like, I feel like we haven't been to a concert in a long time. I don't know. I can't even think of one. Mm. Well, for country, even though, and this is weird because even though he's, like, <clears throat> in my top ten, he there are other artists that I would probably play their songs before I would play his, but he's definitely in my top ten of favorite artists, but he puts on the best show. And I've seen Tim McGraw in concert. I've seen Kane Brown. I've seen Vince Gill. Um, but Granger Smith. Oh, I bet he would be, yeah. Is <clears throat> down amazing. After watching some of his videos, yeah, I would I would bet you that's true. He yeah. Is such a performer. I mean, he has got such a great live voice. Yeah. I mean, what you hear on the radio is what you get in person. Yeah. And his performance and his, like we were talking about with Garth, his yeah. crowd is just amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah Raw, we, he was, he was there when we went to the Kenny Chesney concert. And he, I mean, he's obviously, he's a great singer, but he's kind of one that just kind of stands still on the stage. And he just is kind of standing there doing his thing. He wasn't as much of, of a performer. I didn't think at least not at the show that I went to. Yeah, I mean, he did yeah. pretty good when I went and saw him, but he, nothing like Kane or um, Granger at all. Yeah. Um, Vince Gill was another that kind of just stands in his place. Yeah, yeah I saw him. Comes out in his guitar playing. Yeah, I saw him and I saw him at Third and Lindsley, and he was, yeah, he was good, but he mostly, he was sitting there with his guitar, and he had, of course, he was doing, he was playing with the time jumper, so he had the band, and yeah. Um, it wasn't as much about the performance from that perspective as just getting, right. yeah, getting the songs out. And, right, absolutely. But his voice, you know, you can't help but. <laughs> his voice is just heavenly. It is. And his guitar solos are crazy good. Yeah, they are. He's crazy. crazy. Yeah. But 
I can definitely remember my outside of country because it will forever stay in my mind was ACDC. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I've never seen, I mean, not live in concert. No, on TV, yes. Yeah, I, I can um, imagine that would be really good. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and, th you know, that's a throwback to my 80s teenagers yeah. years. Um, Absolutely. But oddly enough, I was 30 years old before I went and saw ACDC in concert, but it was like, yeah, like, <laughs> so fun and like those guys even at that age were so energetic and I was just like what how like, do they have so much energy <laughs> exactly I was like there's no way I can keep up with you guys but yeah. it, was, it was just crazy good so good um well before we end the show and of course I'm going to let you end the show with another song but what do we have to look forward to from you as far as releases, any tours planned, what's coming up in the future from you? Yeah, so uh, April 1st, I just released my, my latest EP called Lover Dreams, which is actually the song that I'm gonna do at the end, um, mm -hmm. right from that song. Uh, last week had a video that came out for that, for Lover Dreams, and um, I'm actually heading into the studio in a couple weeks, starting to work on some new songs. Um, for the next round of songs, and I would love to get out on tour. We'll see. Chattanooga is kind of a hard city. There's not a lot that goes on here, especially not in country music. If you like are in a rock band, you've got probably a lot of places you can. <laughs> for some reason, country is not so big over here. Um, oh, so, yeah. I know you'd think being close to Nashville, it would be, but it's it's, it's yeah, not the greatest. How close to Nashville are you? Uh, it's about two and a quarter, two and a half hours, depending where. Oh, no, it's not bad. I mean, I'm over there a good bit with writing and, and recording and doing stuff over there. But, you know, um, but for some reason, and I'm not the only country band here. And then and, and my my guitar teacher, like he's done country bands and he, he can play anything, too. He's done plenty of other stuff. But, I mean, I've heard him say so many times that it's just not. A place for country music here and I said you know it's the truth you don't you know if you want to go out it's hard to find a country act to even go out and watch hmm. so. that's a shame yeah I would like any major city in Tennessee would be you would think so would you would think yeah. yeah I mean any major city in any of the southern states for that matter you would think I mean you here in North Carolina it's pretty easy to find country venues yeah yeah but i mean south it's supposed to have country music <laughs> right i know oh that's weird hmm. but yeah. now you mentioned you were from maryland where in maryland are you from so from the eastern shore um not too far from ocean city which is where most people would know it's a little town called salisbury that's right um just a little bit inland from ocean city so Okay, okay. My brother lives on the eastern shore of Maryland, so that's why I was wondering. What part does he live? Where does he live? Easton. Oh, yeah. My aunt and uncle lived in Easton. Well, my aunt still lives there. My uncle passed away, but yeah, my aunt's in Easton. My cousins are out there. Yep. 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 Have to drive Mom. right through there right before you get out to the western shore. Yep. Yep. I so then um so yeah so the eastern shore and that like of course the beach 
Ocean City, but there's also Assateague, Maryland, which is right there, which also connects then to Assateague, Virginia. And I heard you say you were from Virginia, so I don't know how yeah. far you were from like Assateague, Shinkatig, and all that stuff. Or well, I grew up 45 miles south of DC in Washington, okay. so far from like Williamsburg, and yeah, not too not too far. Yeah. So yeah, but. I, I definitely miss it. I mean, I've been in North Carolina for so long that, you know, it's like, mm, but I definitely miss it. It's any chance I get to go back, I do. Yeah. Um, but my family is scattered out all over the place from Maryland to Florida and everywhere in between. So yeah, ours too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, Brenda, I appreciate you being <laughs> on so much. I'm going to let you close out the show. Um, I'm so glad to hear that you're going to do Love and Dreams. I was hoping you were going to do that one. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love that song. Oh, um, thank you. Tell us the inspiration for that and how that came to be. Yeah, um, it really came about, I guess, for me, I guess in some ways, you know, like my husband is so supportive of what I do, which is great. But in other ways, because we have such a good relationship, when I have to go to Nashville or go away to do something, it's sometimes so hard to leave, even though I'm going to do something that I absolutely love and enjoy. It doesn't always make it easy to leave. And when I started writing the song, I don't even know if I was even, I mean, I knew it was about me, but at the same time, I could kind of make it broader just about anybody going off to have their career. And when I first wrote the song, my idea was, because I started out with the chorus with the, I'm going to leave him. And I thought, you know, I think I'm going to keep them guessing up until the bridge, whether I'm actually coming back. Like, are you just leaving because maybe this person, even if they're supportive, but maybe you can't pursue your dreams if you're here and doing this. So maybe you're actually leaving. And I kind of, I felt like the words, you can kind of like wonder all the way through the song but is she coming back? And it's not until you kind of get to the bridge when I kind of let you in on the fact that, yeah, I am coming back. And yeah. So yeah, it was kind of a, an interesting song, right? For me, it was pretty different, I think, than anything I'd written up until that point. It was actually another song that I wrote years ago before I actually recorded it. <laughs> but uh, that tends to happen a lot. Yeah, It seems like some of the best songs that are put out are put up on a shelf for a little while and then artists will pull them back out for whatever reason and they end up being some of the I best ones i think it's because it gives you a different perspective so like i don't think i rewrote a lot of the lyrics in this one i but i definitely changed some of the melody stuff which is also probably because when i first started writing that the melody probably wasn't as strong as it's you know it's gotten better as i've done it but um yeah, just something about pulling it out and having a different perspective. And sometimes for me, at least, it's hard to rewrite things when you've been working on them. And maybe because you feel so much more invested in it after you've put it away and you come back to it. Yeah. You don't feel as strongly about all those things. It's like, okay, now let me just see what would make this better if I do this or if I do that. And it's a little easier to maybe make changes. And, and then it does wind up making it better. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me on today, and I guess I'll go. You're ready for me to go ahead and play? Yes, uh -huh. I cannot wait to hear the acoustic <laughs> version of this. So, yes. All right, make sure I'm still in tune. Yeah, okay. 
song you can have that tension in it that you know like in this one i'm kind of torn sometimes between yeah. those, you know well that's real life yeah 
I mean, that's real life. If anybody tries to tell me they have a perfect marriage, I'm going to call you a liar. I'm sorry, because that just ain't real life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my, my parents and my grandparents had beautiful marriages, and they weren't even perfect. So, I mean, and I have a beautiful marriage. I love my husband. Lord knows I love him. But there are days that I can <laughs> choke him out. <laughs> No. Um, and I know he feels the same way about me. Oh, absolutely. We all have yeah. those, you know. Yeah. So, you know, nothing is perfect. So I love that it is written from a real love standpoint, not a fairy tale love standpoint. Right. Because, you know, there's plenty of those fairy tale love songs out there or the terrible right. songs. And, you know, I feel like especially our generation coming up, these young girls and guys for that matter need to know that they need to know what real life love is right and not hung up in this fairy tale romance that doesn't right. exist right and and when things aren't easy then it's not love but that doesn't make it not love love is a choice that you make to stay even when it's hard yes and I, I love that line in the song he, and i'm sure my husband's probably not too thrilled about the fact that he's not perfect <laughs> No. I no. would say anything. He's, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's far from easy, but no, he's, yeah. I, for me, he's as perfect as it can get, but you know, yeah. Even like it's, you said, though. Are they still have their flaws? Right. And the difference is we love them flaws and all. Right. And exactly. We love them enough that we're, we're willing to work through those hard times. Exactly. In this day and age, it's like marriage is disposable. Yeah. Yeah. As soon, as soon as you don't make me happy every minute, then it's over. But, you know, when you're going through day-to-day -day life, it's not all happy. I mean, even if you're not having a fight, even if it's just you're kind of going through and you just exist together, it's not like you're feeling all, you know, fairy tale in love every minute. It just doesn't work like that. That's not life. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that you chose to highlight that in a song the good along with the bad and the ugly it came across very authentic very real um and so for me that's what makes it so beautiful and so relatable and one of my favorite songs right now i just oh, I, thank love, you. I love the realness and the the raw vulnerability in that um because you know like we said it would have been easy to sugarcoat that and make it a fairy tale love song and True. you didn't you left it raw and vulnerable and that's what i love about it so um i'm looking forward to many more releases from you <laughs> in the you. future um i know i asked a while a while ago what you had planned um for this year and i know this just released on april the 1st but do you have any more releases planned for this year um, I actually have a song that's releasing next week. Well, I should say re-releasing wherever you are. We did a little bit of a remix on it and um, it's, it's one that I wrote for, for my son when he moved out to California. Um, and so it's about my feelings about him leaving basically, but the, you know, my heart, oh. basically the hook is my heart is wherever you are. Um, and that's coming out next week. Um, I guess, you know, it's a good time because Mother's Day is coming up and um, thought we'd put that one back out a little bit. So, mm. Got that. Uh, you mentioned remix. So is it 
Is it still a country version? Or is it, it it's still a country version, yeah. It's just, okay. it's just a little tweak, a little different. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll be looking forward to that then. Yeah. All right. Well, Brenda, thank you so much for coming on the show today, doing the takeover. I've had such a great time getting to know you better. Oh, yeah. Um, just loved getting to hear your music acoustically live. I always love that so much more. I get the the real you, um, and I I gravitate towards that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for having me on. You are quite welcome, and everybody that joined in live to watch with us. Thank y'all all so much. Those that will watch the replay later, we thank you as well. Um, y'all make sure that you're following Brenda on socials and on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to music um, to keep up with all things Brenda Kay. Um, make sure you're giving her a follow. And if you haven't already, check out our brand new website, rt66countrymusic.com. Brenda's blog will be up by tomorrow about the show today. I think I'm <laughs> Almost caught up with all the blogs. I have one more to post and they'll all be caught up. So y'all be sure to check that out. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, be kind to each other. Bye-bye.